Hello, everyone. This is Jonathan Little. I'm here today with the 184th episode of Weekly Poker Hand. Thank you all for being here with me today. I hope your games are going great. We are still playing this $10,000 buy-in six-handed World Series of Poker event. We are nearing the money bubble. There's about 20% of the field remaining with 15% getting in the money. We're playing 1,500, 3,000 with a 500 ante. And I'm under the gun with ace-jack offsuit with a very big stack, 450,000 chips, so a whole lot of equity. And I opened a 7,500, which I think is fine. I'm going to be playing pretty aggressively at this stage in the tournament, just opening a decent amount of hands, unless there are players at my table who are shoving on me a lot. Like, say there's a lot of 60,000 chip stacks hanging around who are just going to jam on me every time I open. Well, then certainly I don't want to open too wide. So don't feel like you have to be a lunatic on the bubble, but at the same time, Look for spots where you can open a little bit more often than normal. Anyway, ace-jack offsuit under the gun six-handed is going to be an open the vast majority of the time. But um, actually, if your opponents are all very, very, very good, you could conceivably just fold this hand. Big offsuit hands aren't so great if you're playing deep stacked. Anyway, I do open. And now a tight aggressive Asian guy calls who's 30 years old. So young, tight aggressive Asian guy. good, Probably a good player. Sometimes people, whenever you mention nationalities or races in poker they get a little bit offended please don't get offended by stuff like that mainly just because whenever you're playing against players who look a specific way it really does entail something like if you're playing against a 30 year old kid he's probably going to be just a good poker player not necessarily a lunatic not necessarily a nit but just a good solid poker player because to be roughly 30 years old and have enough money to play a ten thousand dollar tournament you probably want a bunch of money playing poker because it's hard to get a hold of enough money to play a $10,000 tournament. Otherwise, um, if you're playing against a 65-year-old guy, odds are he's probably not quite as good of a poker player because he probably got good at, he probably won a bunch of money at business and is now just gambling for fun. Or, you know, certainly trying his absolute best at poker, but probably lacks the experience because it takes more experience to win all of your money from poker as opposed to win all of your money at business, and then then play poker some whenever you feel like it. So don't be offended by nationality type things. It is relevant, especially if you don't know your opponent, and this is your first time playing with them, and you haven't played with them for very long. Um, and, you know, the previous episodes of Weekly Poker Hand, I've been giving the names of the players, which implies that I knew something about them. So in, in these hands, I was certainly giving all the information I knew about my opponents. So what do I think about 30-year-old Asian kids? Probably a little bit too aggressive, but probably just good, right? So anyway, good player. I raise under the gun. He calls hijack seat. It comes ace, four, three. One spade. I have, I'm sorry, two spades. I have the jack of spades with my ace jack off suit. And I decide to check. Some people look at this and think, oh my gosh, you have a very obvious value hand and there are some draws available. So you should certainly bet. However, I think a lot of players in this spot are going to look at my check as a somewhat marginal made hand. And if I think my opponent is a good, prob- good, perhaps too aggressive player, then I want to check to give him every opportunity to bluff. And notice here, if my opponent does have some junky hand like queen jack of clubs, he's just drawing stone dead, right? And even if he has something like pocket eights, he's drawing pretty dead. So I really don't mind giving free cards here. If the board was instead jack something something, jack four three, I would be a little bit happier betting. But on ace four three, Checking does a few things. It gives my opponent the opportunity to bluff, and it also helps me minimize the chances of getting bluffed off my hand, and it also makes me lose less when I'm against a hand like Ace-King that does decide to raise me at some point, and 
Uh, we've already discussed how whenever I'm against good, loose, aggressive people, I tend to be a bit of a calling station. So how do we minimize the chances that this hand goes horribly wrong? Well, we just check. So I check. One additional plus of checking here with an ace is that now my checking range is just not all check folding by the river. What a lot of people do is they check pocket kings and worse here. And they check call the flop of pocket kings. They check call the turn maybe, and then they check fold it on the river. And if kings is the best hand they can have here, what that means is they're going to end up folding their whole range by the river. And that's a disaster. So how do you make that not happen? Well, you either bet with your kings or you check with some of your aces. And if you're betting with your kings, you're just betting with everything, which is fine. There's nothing wrong with betting everything small here. I think that's acceptable. But alternatively, if you don't want to, if you want to avoid that spot where you may have to play for all the money, you can just check with some of the aces, and now that very nicely protects our range. Because now we can check call the flop with our, our pocket kings and our aces, check call the turn with them, and you know check fold some of the other stuff at this point, like pocket fives or pocket sixes. And then we can um, check call the river with our aces, no problem. So that's the plan. Check call, check call, check call. Easy game. So I do check call the flop. Turn is the nine of spades, which, you know, it's not the greatest card because the flush draw gets there, but I have the jack of spades still. That's a thing. I check my opponent bets 18,000. Same story, check call. No reason at all to um, raise. Some people think, oh, I need to raise to protect my hand or something like that. But all that does is just make you play a big pop when you're against the nuts. So don't do that. Pretty easy check call. Um, And a a good thing about this hand, ace-jack, with the Jack of Spades in particular, or if I had the Ace of Spades, same story, um, I would, I'm just never ever folding, right? Because I, I have either top pair or I have a flush on the river, both of which are pretty great. So check call. And on the river, just check call. Check call, check call, check call. River's a seven of diamonds, which you know, doesn't really matter what the river is. I'm check calling no matter what. I check, he bets 42,000 into the 74,000 pot. And I win. And he ends up showing his bluff. He had queen, 10 of hearts for nothing. And this hand really illustrates the value in checking. So my opponent flopped a a backdoor flush draw. The ace of hearts was on board. So I think he should certainly bet the flop. On the turn, he probably decided, well, this is one of the worst hands I could have. So we're going to bet the turn and we're going to bet the river. And I don't really fault him for that. And... In reality, his play could have either been very good if he th- if I'm folding too much, as a lot of amateur players do, or it could be very bad if I'm checking a lot of aces, which <laughs> in this scenario is actually what I'm going to do. So his play probably is not going to work out too well against my, I'm not going to say counter strategy, but it is essentially a counter strategy where I'm, I'm making an adjustment ahead of time, assuming this player is going to view my checks as weakness, therefore I need to check a lot of aces. And that does lead to your betting range being a little bit unbalanced, but eh, you know that's okay too if they're going to adjust incorrectly to that. So that's going to be it for this hand. This was a fun one. I love inducing bluffs. I taught my dad to induce bluffs, I guess, 10 or 15 years ago at this point. But, uh, and he says, even today, oh, I love checking to the kids because the kids always bet when you check to them. <laughs> and it's, it's true. Um, they certainly try to bluff the older guys if they check to them. And they even try to bluff me when I check to them. So if you have not added this play to your game, check to induce bluffs against aggressive people. Do not feel like you have to value bet every time you have a quote-unquote value hand. Quite often, the best way to get value is to just bet. I'm sorry, to just check. Sometimes betting too, but typically just sometimes just check. Like right here, if I bet the flop, my opponent would maybe float the flop with this queen 10 of hearts, but then he's certainly folding the turn. Or maybe he decides to raise me on the flop or raise me on the turn and then put me to the test for all of my money. And that's actually the spot I said I really didn't want to be in because I'd probably end up having to fold. So... Um, in this scenario, it worked out beautifully well. It's a great example of just how checking can 
get significantly more value than betting. Because on the turn, my opponent was just dead, right? And if you can get your opponent to put in some amount on the turn and then some amount on the river drawing dead, that's obviously a way better success than betting to protect your hand against a hand that has no equity. So that's going to be it for today. Thank you very much for watching. And be sure to come back next week for another episode of Weekly Poker Hand.